What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode. And before we start this episode, I want to encourage all our listeners to please subscribe and rate our channel. We definitely appreciate that. Also, feel free to give us feedback. Like I said, all three of those things, we definitely appreciate it. I just want to start the show off and letting you guys know. And um, here's another episode. I hope you all enjoy it. On the way to the top floor. I ain't selling out though, but I'm on the way. Got a lot of real, must the motivate. Hold all the moves, I'm a plenty play. On the way. On the way, on the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next, but I'm on the way. You ain't take risks, cause you too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way, on the way. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Men of Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier, with my sitting with my co-host D. Hey, everybody. And today we got a super, super dope guest. I've been waiting on this episode for a while. We've been in contact <laughs> going back and forth. I'm like, yo, when you going to come on? When you going to come on? I've been, I've been, I've been super excited and uh, waiting to do this episode, like I said. And let me give you a little background on him. He's a fund manager and CEO of the Black Sea Group. He's the owner of uh, Phoenix Athletic Gear. He's the author of uh, 10 Reasons Why You Live in Sen- Senseless. And he also is an investor. You guys may know him for those who don't. Is Money Madu. Welcome to the show, bro. We're super excited to have you here. Hey, man. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's been since like April. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to make this happen. So, yeah. I'm glad to be. It's been a long time. It's, long, it's been a minute, man. Like, we, so we, we super excited to have this conversation, man. And uh, so, the first question, you know, we always ask our guests this. So, like, what was the start? To you, to the to you doing all the things you're doing right now. What was the start of that? Give us a little background on yourself. A little background myself. Um, so uh, the basic part of you know everything is, I guess, growing up um, with my dad. He instilled uh, reading a lot, mm, so yeah. I didn't have cable growing up. Um, mm. You know, the, you know the forms of entertainment that I really had was you know books using my imagination. That nature. Um, so with that, you know, it kind of turned into learning about um, ownership. Um, you know, the, the, the few times I do play games, like I said, I think uh, on the PC I'll play the Civilization game. Almost, <laughs> you know, that. Um, so, so with that, I always knew that for me, the the part about you know, kind of generating money always interests me mm. and so my dad he was like super frugal mm. and saved everything and then my mom like she saved a lot but she actually spent a lot as well so i, I was able to kind of see both sides and so um once i got into college um i had my second internship i was actually working at the toyota plant um in uh, san antonio and i started you know looking at the stock market and saying like, all right, what's, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. Um, ended up opening, opening a Vanguard account. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they require like a $3,000 or something like that. So I saved it up real quick, opened it up. Uh, I think I invested in the Wellington fund. And from there it was like the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that, that fund, that particular, uh, mutual fund that w- did actually really, really well. Um, you know, and then going forward, like I'm sure I deep dive into a little later. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, bought my first piece of real estate in uh, 2014, so um, and that's about probably about a year out of out of college. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, man. That, that's so, something that you said that I think is really important and super valuable is how you mentioned your father and, like, the important role he played. And, like, it's crazy because, like, my story is kind of very similar to that. Like, we didn't really have cable in my household growing up either, for real. My dad, he used to be like, especially on Saturdays, he used to be like, hey, before you go going outside, read this newspaper. And I'm going to I'm eat 30 minutes and tell me what you learned. And I used to be pissed, like, man, what the fuck? I mean, I'm trying to go hoop, man. Like, what you, what you on? So then, like, but that that taught me, like, subconsciously to, like, value reading and just seeing, like, he had bookshelves always in the house just full of books. And, like, he never said, like, hey, read this book. But it's just, like, seeing him read all the time, naturally, that's going to, like, put your, put your interest into reading and, you know, figuring out what you like. So that's, like, su- that's like uh, super, super, super dope, man. I always say fathers is, uh, you got to have the fathers in the home. But I ain't gonna get into no 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 deep no deep you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know people gonna get mad. But yeah, that, but yeah, it's true. It's true. You it's the, it's, need both. Yeah, you balance. need both. You need you need both. Yeah. That balance. You can't have one of the Mm-hmm. That's real. That's real. And you uh, speaking of college, like uh, what 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 school did you go to? So for undergrad, uh, I went to the University of Texas at San Antonio, so acronym UTSA. Um, and then I got my MBA from uh, Pepperdine. Oh shit! Damn. Damn. So, what did you what did you uh, go for? Uh, I got my master's in business administration. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Wow. So, and so speaking of that, I feel like this is a good conversation we can have because you know, right now it's a, like a big conversation on social media. A lot of people saying, you know, college is a scam. It's a waste. <laughs> speaking for somebody that's that's done it, what what's your opinions on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the worst person to, uh, as an advocate for it because I think college is a waste of time. Wow, <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say that. I got all the degrees, you know, like good degrees uh, on top of that. But, you know, I honestly felt like, and this is just me, my own personal opinion. I'm like, a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, they enjoy college and all that stuff. I mean, I enjoy college, <laughs> don't get me wrong, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but as far as, like, learning something, I didn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't learn too much. Really? Like, I, I was somehow able to get an engineering degree uh, and graduate from that. But I, I honestly, all the things that I've learned is me you know, self-teaching myself as far as like, um, you know, just doing the research off of basic YouTube videos, Googling whatever is needed, and just saying, all right, whatever is going to happen, like I just have to experience it, whether it's good, bad, or mm-hmm. ugly. So, um, so with that, I think college is... If you can't go for free or for very cheap, mm-hmm. I would not recommend doing it. I, I mean, I would probably recommend doing like community, uh, yeah, community college for a little bit, and then jump in or do or get a trade because you know times are changing, and getting a degree is not going to be as big of as an issue. Like for me, like whenever I do start having children, I'm not going to force college on them. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. You know, with with the things that I teach them, you know, college college wouldn't be uh, something that they would need to do. Like if they wanted to go, okay, uh, you probably have a couple properties that could pay for that. Right. Uh, but as far as like forcing them, like you have to go, I'm not doing. I'm not going to do that. Mm, and that's that's a. Uh... Uh, 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 popular conversation right now because I I feel the exact same way you do. I'm not gonna force that on my kids, but if they want to go, it's like all right, you go here, go. But I ain't, you ain't gotta go. But that's so that's <laughs> like I'm in school right now, and I feel like the stuff I've learned has not benefited me in any shape or form. Like 
the stuff oh. I've self-taught <laughs> myself has made me money. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. And, and like I said, like I got an engineering degree. When I did my internship, that's when I learned, especially the one at Toyota, that's the one I learned. That's when I learned that I just needed to graduate. Everything that they teach you, you're going to learn at the job. Like everything you're learning in school, I, everything, like I said, I didn't learn anything that's actually beneficial mm-hmm. to uh, how my job operates or anything like that. They teach you that at the mm-hmm. job. You just that piece of paper and a little bit of experience. So if you do go to college, I do recommend that you get an inter- at least one internship. And when I, I'm talking about actually go for it, like if, you, you're, if you're not getting like the 100 rejection letters, you you haven't tried hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like get you, you do not want to graduate without any kind of like no experience. You, you definitely want that. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And uh, you spoke on how uh, real estate and stuff. You said you bought your first investment property in 2014. So I just yep. wanted to uh, talk about like how, how, uh, like how how was that deal and what? Because uh, you know we talk to a lot of people that want to get started, and the reason mm-hmm. they don't get started is fear. It's like the unknown. <laughs> 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 it's the unknown. So I want to ask you. So what was the confidence behind you doing your deal? And how was that? What kind of property was it and on it? Yeah, so as far as the confidence go, uh, I mean, I guess y'all can tell just the persona and stuff <laughs> on the timeline. Like, I'm obviously just very confident. Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, my my risk tolerance is actually higher than most. Mm-hmm. So just me jumping into stuff, like, if if I can read and understand the theory behind it, then I'll do my best to, you know, try to make it, make it work. So for me, in 2014, it was, me buying that house wasn't, something where I went into it thinking it was an investment property. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, uh, to buy a house just for myself to live in. Wow. Um, I, was, I was living out in West Texas at the time, um, just got done renting, and I was like, man, it's time for me to buy a house. The property out here is pretty cheap. I'm going to go ahead and buy a house. Guess where I found the house? Right. Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> I found the house on Craigslist. Someone just recently uh, renovated the place. Up. You know, They were trying to sell it for... Yeah, I can't remember the number. Maybe let's say seventy five. They're trying to sell for seventy five. Um, I was able to talk them down to, I would say sixty five, and then um, I went through the process uh, of going through Bank of America. So Bank of America is where I got the loan because most of my accounts were with Bank of America at the time. So you know, I already had good credit. You know, all that stuff. Um, uh, by the way, if you need uh, help with credit, make sure you hit up Harvey Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I already had good credit. And then so Bank of America, they actually appraised the house lower uh, than what I was able to get it down to. So uh, what I did is I went back to the homeowner and was like, hey, this is what they will give money on. I'm not about to you know, cover any extra costs. And so we ended up going for what Bank of America appraised the house for. And so that ended up benefiting me because right. obviously my note was lower than what was initially going to be. Right. And so, um, yeah, with that with that property, it was crazy because not even three months later, uh, I got a new job that allowed me to come back to Houston, or at least the Houston area. And so um, my supervisor at the time, his wife was a realtor, and I was like, man, I need someone to, to kind of manage the property. And, and it's funny because, like, it never really crossed my mind to sell the house. But I was like, I need someone to, to manage this property. She recommended someone over to me. And I want to say my note was, let's say, 500 bucks. Uh, 
the property manager was able to get someone attended in there for 800 Wow. So from the get go, I was like making money, and it wasn't. It was just purely accident. It wasn't me knowing the numbers, knowing you know this is going to work out. This right. was I. Right, so I was going to pay eight hundred dollars a month uh, for something that I was paying five hundred for. So uh, mm-hmm. I still have the property now. I haven't even been back to be honest since. <laughs> since uh, it's still <laughs> cash flowing, still doing, still doing well. Like my, my actually my uh, property manager just told me. She was asking about the lot behind the house, and I forgot I even had that lot. So I, I might need to try to do something. Do with something that. with that? Hell mm-hmm. yeah, man! That's that's crazy, and that's that's super dope for like a first deal to, to come yeah. up like that. That's that's very interesting. And were you, was you uh you you was born and raised in Houston? Yeah, born and raised in Houston. Okay, okay. And how you feel about uh you know everybody trying to migrate to Texas now? How you feel about that? Yeah, man, we fool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's still room. <laughs> room for more, you know, a couple more, a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all can come through, but man, most of these people, they, they, they got to chill out. Yeah, everybody's trying to move to Texas. But uh, so now I want to discuss your uh, your book, 10 Reasons Why You Live. Since you, unless you got something you want to no, ask. I have a question. Right, go ahead, go ahead. So how many properties do you got now in total? Uh, so I have four properties four. right now. So I seen you yeah. was like on Instagram. You mentioned um, the power of group economics when it came to getting yeah. that fourth one. So can you dive into what you mean by group economics and why you think it's so important to have it or to do it? Yeah. So with group economics, um, I want to kind of go back a little bit. There is a documentary on I want to say Netflix. I can't remember the title. I'll try to um, shoot it to y'all mm-hmm. later on post about it but pretty much what it was showing is if you look at you know people in foreign countries or people that don't have the means in general uh, to buy things a lot of those people actually pull their money together and buy like be able to buy something whether it's a business they, they pull their money buy a business and then the next year they give to someone else in the group and the next year it's, you know they do it that way or even even if it's simple as all right, you know, someone can't um, afford a a, uh, a stove. So they pull their money for, you know, that month and allow this person to get their stove. Mm-hmm. And then the next month, someone else can get something that they truly need to be able to make money. And so with that, you know, one of the things that whenever I was growing up, up until a few years ago, I it was always about me trying to, you know, do everything myself, mm-hmm. you know, make it all on my own. And when I realized, what I, what I realized was you need a team. Like you can't do it by yourself, especially if you want to scale to the, the, the heights that I want to get to. I can't, I can't do it by myself. And you definitely need to learn how to uh, have a team around you. So, you know, whenever I started Black Seed, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing for me is, for me to get wealthy, like I need my, I need the people that invest with me to, to get to make money as well. So it can't just be about uh, me. Mm-hmm. So with group economics, I think it's big because, you know, especially with Black people, um, we we have money, but we don't have, but you know, sometimes the opportunity isn't as apparent, mm-hmm. and so we don't have the knowledge to to take advantage of a lot of this stuff. And unfortunately, because of that, people think, you know, when you're not exposed to certain things, you think that it's not for you or you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with group economics, like say you don't you think you don't have the money. All right. Have, you know, 
two, one other person, two, about four or five people, pull your money together. You can buy properties. Like, well, well, you know, the most recent story going on right now is those that yeah. group that in money every week. Yeah. Uh, was able to buy an investment property. Yeah. Uh, you know, just something simple as that. Like, once you see that it's something that is, is possible, then, you know, that opens your mind to thinking and allows you to continue to grow. Like, I've been doing this since uh, the past two, two, three years. So I know that it works. And and with Black Seed, it's going to go even bigger. So uh, I'm definitely a big advocate for group economics. And, yeah, that's, that's what I have to say mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> and why do, why do you think in our community we don't do it as much as you would think we should? Or what, what do you think that is? What do you think that's behind that? Cause I don't uh, think it's a money problem. Cause I feel like it's not a money problem. It's, it's two things. It's lack of knowledge. Cause when, like I said before, when you're not exposed to certain things, yeah, exactly. A lot of people, like obviously, we came. I would say we, but in general, it wasn't until what you know most recently with the civil rights and all that mm-hmm. stuff, where a lot of these things that were happening, like a lot of knowledge was kind of kept away from us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, from here and there, people will try to, you know, give, give the knowledge to their peers. But as far as the big, broad scale, there's a lot of people that don't understand how investing works, how money works. And so when you do have a little bit of money, it's hard to just say, okay, I, I can trust you enough to say, okay, let's pull our money together and, and let's buy something because Say for example, there's there's a few kids down the block and they have money. If no one's invested before, why are they going to pull their money together? Right. Not. So unless someone unless someone else has done it, and that's that's the biggest thing. Like for you know what we're doing, what you you know y'all are doing, and and the people that you have on your on your episodes, it's like we're having this knowledge so we can spread it down to our kids because by the time they are you know grown and be able to make decisions they're exposed to it yeah. so they will be able to have the knowledge because you, you you know they a lot of people like to compare it to like the jewish people so like they have this thing down packed yeah down packed. <laughs> you play your role and yeah. and everybody makes the money so if you don't have the knowledge about investing you're already going to be skeptical about it because a lot of people what happens is they want to start investing in the stock market they put Two or three hundred bucks in, they see a drop. And they're like, "Oh, I'm done." Oh, <laughs> Every single time, and it's like that's no. definitely not how it works. You ain't gonna make no money that they, way. They, you ain't gonna work that way. They they think investing is some kind of get rich quick, and that's mm-hmm. the wrong approach to to take with it. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just think with the with the lack of knowledge, which I think is honestly getting better, mm. and, and and just trust. That's, those are the biggest reasons why black people don't do it as much as they should. But I think I think in general, especially with social media and you know with people like me and you know uh, you know other people, you guys, what what we're doing is allowing to shed a little bit of light of how it's operating, and slowly the stigma is changing. Yeah, I, I agree with that definitely. And uh, I want to ask about your book, Ten Reasons Why You're Living Senseless. So what was the uh, motivation behind, behind that? What made you want to write that book? Um, actually, so I actually paid for a consultation with one of my friends. Uh, his name is CEO Manny J. 
And I was just trying to figure out, man, how can I create a product that will, I don't have to continuously work at it. Like it's one product, people can just go ahead and buy it. And so what happened, it was like, we had our consultation. It was like, all right, you, you have this uh, persona where, you know, as far as a financial guy, like you give off financial vibes as far as like you're do well with the best thing and things of that nature. And so why don't you use your knowledge of personal finance, write a book uh, about it, and then just continue to spread that out. And so what I could, what I began to do was like, okay, let me go ahead and format this. Um, and, and honestly, if you if you look at my book, you know, you see a lot of people gonna talk about how you know it's a, the, the the big font, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. means stuff in, in, in the in the pages. But you gotta remember. A lot of people nowadays, they have short attention spans. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to keep them engaged. And so with the big fight, you feel like you start breezing through the book. And you don't realize, you know, you halfway through, but you learn, you're learning stuff here and there. I threw in the memes in there to keep you engaged mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, spice it up a little bit. All right. You know, in the front of a couple of books, I think it was like uh, one of them was about uh, bills or rent. And it had like uh, Mufasa and Scar, and Mufasa, you know, one side was bills, and one side, and the other side was your, was your money every single time. So it's just stuff like that, trying to figure out a way to keep people engaged, especially young people. Because the thing about me is is trying to get the next generation to understand about money. You don't want to get into debt for no reason. Right. You don't. That's why. That's why I, I'm not a big proponent with uh, of college in general because a lot of people they go into college not knowing what they want to do so you get into debt probably going and especially if you don't know what you're wanting to do you're going into you're not you're probably getting a degree in i don't know History. gardening or something <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and so that's no there's no roi with that no. so you're going to graduate you're going to be working at some pizza parlor just pissed off at the world and praying that the government, um, you know, does a, a loan forgiveness for, on, on you. Like, that's not that's not smart. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways that you could combat that. And I, and I, and I believe I expressed them, you know, pretty well in the book. So mm-hmm. I think that book in general, especially if you're like a high school senior or just um, in college in itself or just getting out of college, if, if you're able to read that book, I think can take away because it's, it's definitely you know i would say kind of like basic advice mm-hmm. but sometimes you need to be refreshed yeah. some people don't even know know about that but you know about that knowledge so either way i think everybody can take something away from it yeah. and uh you know with the reviews especially lately because i wrote the book back in 2017 um had a you know had the initial burst of people buying it but now that i've been um being able to grow a little bit on twitter and kind of with the network, uh, I've been able to have, mm-hmm. you know, a resurgence of the book and, and a lot of people buying it and, and actually liking it and spreading spread it around. Because it's like people like uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the book for sure is in Obama's household in Chicago. That's crazy. <laughs> like like the, 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 uh, the executive at Fox Sports, he, he has that executive of um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, just global entertainment companies, they have copies of the book, and that's all because of my network, you know, being 
with them being connected, they just kind of like, all right, here's this book, read it, let's see what we can do with it. Mm, that's that's so dope. And I, we was just having this conversation. I only remember who we was talking to about it. We're saying like, when you create something dope, a piece of content, whether it's a service, product, or anything, you can always redistribute it years yet, later and get the mm-hmm. same amount of uh, monetary gain or any kind of gain that you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, he came out with, exactly. he, he, he came out with it again. <laughs> and it, it resold crazy again. So it's like, mm-hmm. people like Jordan, it's a reason why he could keep coming out with the same Jordans five years later and get the same result because it's a dope-ass product. And the, he, the way he marketed it, it got people suck in. I got to get it. I got to get it. So. When you build, when you build that brand, build that cult, where people go follow, you know, rock with it. And a lot of people try to hate on Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. like saying all oh, this basic advice. That basic advice is enough for me to understand what's needed what? to be done. And, and it, I always say, oh, the, for me to combat that statement is like, if enough people are starting to invest in real estate because of the book, then that's that's a good book. That's like, a good book. don't hate on it just because you think the advice is simple. Yeah. So, okay. It's, it's, it's creating action. Exactly. That's, that's the main thing that you want from your book. You want the people, your, the reader, to actually do something after they put the book down. Exactly. And if you at the and if you at a level financially where you understand it, it's not really for you at that point. It's for the exactly. it's for people that's getting into finance, mm-hmm. trying to understand things. Because when I first read that book. It was amazing to me. I really that book like right after I got out of high school, and I'm like, "What the f-? like?" That shit changed my whole mental. I'm like, "God damn!" So yeah, I, I I see people say that a lot. Like you know, it's, it's it's not a good book. I mean, it's it's not for it's probably not for you. Then it's probably mm-hmm. for people that's trying to get their stuff together. And uh, mm-hmm. that I want I want to add, you have something else. So like just still on that topic of financial literacy, but let's say you got the the average person living check to check to check. And they're trying to figure out how to get out of their situation or just improve it. What um, tips or advice would you give them to change that situation to where they don't have to depend on every single check to, you know, make it by? Yeah, uh, I mean, the first thing is they gotta, they're going to have to understand they're going to have to sacrifice initially. Mm. So one of the things you're going to have to do is actually cut down on your expenses. And, you know, one of your biggest expenses is your rent, where you live mm-hmm. most of the time. And so sometimes if, if you're living check to check, because the, the goal is to create money, ch- generate money. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to learn how to do. But until you figure that out and you're still living paycheck to paycheck, you got to cut down on your expenses. Because what's going to happen is once you finally learn how to generate the money and your expenses are low, your capital starts building up, the, you know, the, the, the spread actually mm-hmm. becomes in, uh, increased. So cut your bills and, or yeah, cut, like be able to cut down on your rent. And one of the things you can do is obviously either live back with your parents. And I like, for example, I couldn't do it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't blame people that say help, like, no, yeah, but, right. uh, Luckily, I was I was blessed enough to I didn't have to do that. But that's the easy way to not spend, you know, fifty or was it eleven hundred to however much people are paying nowadays on on rent. And another way would be to house hack. Like so, you know, have you have to have a roommate? 
maybe you have to have a roommate. Like a lot of people like to live by themselves, but sometimes you have to, if, if you're trying to get to a point where, you know, you can save up enough money to start investing, you have to start cutting down some of these bills. Right. And so you got to learn different avenues to either when, whenever you're going out for food, don't be having these hundred dollar weekends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, buying drinks, yeah. you know, having, having Ruth Chris. That's my spot. That's my spot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, like I said, you know, especially with the book, like I say, you, you can literally look at the 10 contents. What it is telling you is where you can change some things to help you benefit yourself financially to where, because my, my thing is that's the initial point. You don't always want to stay low. Like right. everybody deserves nice things. You should have nice things, but you should have an asset paying for those nice things that your hard earned money or, you know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you shouldn't be, it's not good. It's, it's not smart to, to to spend the money on that yet. No, it's mm-hmm. not. And that that was one of the uh, my favorite parts of the book when you talked about the car. I put it on Twitter, speaking about like the true the true uh, price of a car. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so many people probably really don't understand that. It, and it's simple. It's really, but so many people they probably don't. You go to a dealership and they, right. You go to a dealership and they throw these numbers at you. You just think like, oh, it's just gonna be this a month. Oh, cool. This yeah, I could get this. Well, it's really like it's so many extra expenses that come that come with it. You know what I'm saying? So I love that you talk. You don't mind? Do you mind uh, talking about that for a second? Oh, uh, with the yeah. car Um. So yeah, with that, you know, people don't don't think about the maintenance fees that that will come with it because it's going to ha- it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't give, I don't care if you got warranty or whatever on it at some point that that's going to end up expiring and you're probably going to end up getting hit. So, you know, you have to pay premiums on, on the, on the insurance and things of that nature. People don't account for how much gas they actually use, mm. you know, um, replacing tire. Like there's so much things that that goes into having a vehicle that while you think that you're only paying 500 bucks a month, <laughs> technically it's more so like, Eight nine hundred bucks, Man, the but you don't you don't see the uh, you don't you don't think about the other things mm-hmm. and the book and how you know whenever you post it on Twitter and it got a lot of engagement, it's like it's having people see okay, oh it's not just a note, it's all this other stuff that comes with you know that comes with it. Yeah. So if, yeah. if you're able to live in a city that you know you don't have a vehicle, then it makes sense. That's another cost that you're you you was able to 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 bring down or. You can do the smart way, which would be to have a cash car. That way, you don't have a note, and then all you really have to deal with is obviously like the maintenance yeah. on it, the uh, the gas, um, you know, things of, things of that nature. And so, with me, even me, like I struggle with that. Like I, I have, a, you know, my car is completely paid off, and literally right now, I want to buy a new car, <laughs> and I can't, and I can't justify. Yeah. Uh, get in that note just yet. Like I know it's gonna it's gonna happen because yeah. my car's getting pretty old. I mean, it's, it's a Camry, so it's actually gonna be around for a while. But I just it wasn't the car that I wanted, right. and I finally car that I wanted. And I and I see these notes, I'm like, shit. Yeah. I gotta take more advice for a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and hey, that's real, man. Because like we we drive a Nissan, bro. And I was we I was about to get a brand new Jeep. I was in a dealership. 
I'm like, all right, I already know what numbers I want to get and what kind of car I want to get it. So you know how they want to uh, negotiate, waste your time. So he finally got it at exactly, like, even better than what I wanted it. But I was there for so long, it was just, I was just thinking, like, do I really need this? Then by, by the time he was like, yeah, I can get it at this point. I'm like, you know what? I don't even want the car no more. And he was just looking <laughs> he was like, so he was so mad. He was like, wait, he calling me the next day. I'm like, bro, if you would have just said that from the beginning, I'm playing no, yeah, I would have bought the car. But you wasted my time. I had, I was thinking now, like, do I really need this? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm Random good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy because, like, I would say probably like three years ago, I had the itch. Like, literally everybody around me was buying new new cars, yeah. you know, new drugs, new everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I really need it. And uh, at that point, I was really big into listening to audiobooks. And one of the audiobooks I was listening to was Millionaire Next Door. Mm. And that book actually stopped me from making the purchase back then. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's definitely a book that people can definitely look at into understanding how, um, you know, people can be millionaires even though they don't look they like don't it. Look you know, like it. Actually, but I think you you have posted something about it on Twitter, and I was like, I don't plan to be that type of millionaire. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But I, I still gonna have the nice stuff as well. But yeah. like I said, it's all about understanding your finances. People like to look at Floyd Mayweather's money, be like, oh man, he's wasting so much money on cars and this and that. Man, understand, just, he's gonna be just fine. You're right. He has investments. <laughs> Like there's there's a reason why he's able. To, it's, it's just that people think that they can look at someone else's money. They wish they had that yeah. type of money, and so they just want to have every kind of negativity toward that. Yeah. It baffles so, me. <laughs> so the question I have is like, because on a car situation, but how do you find balance with saving your money and investing, but still allowing yourself to have that fun every now? Like, how do you maintain that balance? So I see a lot of people don't know how, like, they, it's either all in investing or all in blowing Spend. your money. So <laughs> for you, like, what would you say is best for doing it? Um, so for me, I, I put it like this, because I don't know everybody's uh, money situation. I would say... And I actually have in my book, have that money jar method. Allocate, because budgets in general don't really work. Because your mind is saying that you have to restrict yourself. And so when you're doing that, you're already coming off at, at, a, at a negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your mind's looking for any other excuse to, to break this budget. So instead of trying to budget, I just put everything in jars. So I have like six different bank accounts where I have, all right, this money is for entertainment. This percentage of money is for long-term savings. This percent of money is for education. You know, this percent of money is just for my bills. You know, this one's particularly for investing. And so because like like in general for my day job, I get paid with direct deposits. I just direct deposit everything in there. I ain't got to, you know, worry about anything. But to that point, you know, mindlessly, I just created a pot where once a month, all right, this is how much I, I can have to spend mm. without without truly having to think about it and make a judgment call. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's real. That's real for real. And I wanted to talk about the uh, Black Seed Group. So for the people yeah. who don't know, can you explain, like, what is Black Seed? All right, so Black Seed is... The next big thing now. Yeah, uh, I like Black, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Seed is an investment firm. Um, it started off 
investment club where we pull our money together. So kind of practicing the group economics, pulling our money together once a month to buy shares of stocks in the stock market. So we've been doing that for about two years now. Actually, August, we're in August. Yeah, this will be two full years since we started that. Um, most recently, I started the real estate side. Uh, and with that, same thing, practicing group economics. So I was able to have nine people with me invest in a house in or buy a house in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, some of these people that invested with me, they, there was no way that they would have been able to buy a house by themselves. They didn't have the knowledge to do so. Um, some of them could, but they just kind of like trust, trusted me to, you know, with the process. So everything I've done so far has been my prototype or, or proof of concept that I'm able, I'm able to do this. Like, I don't need any kind of, you know, um, I know. I think some people think that there's certifications that are needed or whatever. It's like I understand money, so, uh, and you know, it's my job to you know grow it. And for me, I like to do this with the stock market. I invest in the stock market by myself, so I understand how it operates. Some people have never done it before, so the easiest way for them to start investing is to have them invest with you. When your skin is in the game with them, they trust you more to, mm-hmm. to, to be able to start learning how to invest. Right. Whenever I started this, the, you know, the investment club, there were most of the people have never invested before. Since then, in addition to investing with us, they've opened up their own personal brokerage accounts, mm-hmm. whether it's with like Robinhood or whatnot, and have been investing. And so it's like I kind of helped spark that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like, that's dope. That, that's, some, that's some kind of you know. It's a proud moment where yeah. you can say, okay, I helped change this this person's, you know, future family, like just, just through exposing them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's that's where it all comes back to having them being uh, to exposed to wealth, being exposed to different concepts that will, will allow you to grow um, wealth and, and provide for your family and then also provide for your community at, at a bigger scale. So, um, yeah, so... With the house, I bought. We, we, you know, we bought it with uh, nine nine other people. They trusted me, so I, I, I created it almost like a fund. Um, I raised the money. I had myself as the uh, general manager while everybody else was living apart, so they had no say so. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is you're trusting me to make the right call as far as like with these funds, I'm going to do the best job that I can to make sure that we get the best returns. And, and we keep our money safe and that we can invest in something that's cash flowing. Because my philosophy, if anything, is cash flow. Mm-hmm. Like, our flipping and stuff like that goes, um, I understand its uses, but I understand that cash flow is how, how you need to operate and how the world honestly really works. Yep. So, so with that, I was able to find a property. Uh, actually, Brandon, uh, Brandon Jones, he, you know, we, we linked up through Twitter. He, he actually found the property for me, shot it over to me. I ran the numbers on it. It made sense. I, I, and it was crazy. I'd never even been out to Memphis yet. <laughs> I'd never been to Memphis. I didn't see the house. I saw it. I know I saw the pictures re- recently, uh, you know, renovated. Um, already had a tenant um, inside. 
and you know Memphis in general. I mean, I really shouldn't say it, but the market's cheap as far as like pricing goes, and it's still a pretty good uh, rental market. And so with that, I was like, man, this is a no-brainer. I'm, like, I'm signing. I'm signing the documents right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, I created um, a limited partnership uh, with everybody, and uh, how we, how I had that particular one structured is everyone has equity percentage in the actual piece of real estate. Wow. And so, you know, as we continue to grow, um, we, we can use the, the profits from, and we, we bought it straight cash. So there's no note on it. Anything that we're paying is just taxes and keeping a reserve for, you know, maintenance right. and, 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 things that, and insurance and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah. So, so with that, we, we, uh, I was able to, um, what do you call it? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So with the house, I was able. Brandon Jones was able to give me the house. They would. They was able to trust me enough to find that the property was was um, the best property that we could find. Went ahead and pulled the trigger back in April. Uh, we bought the home, and ever since then, you know, tenants been paying. We've been cash flow positive. And so, what can happen is with the reserves is we can either pay out a dividend, which wouldn't be that much, or use the reserves to buy another property right, up there. Right. So it's like giving these people, uh, giving my investors options that they wouldn't think about any, you know, in any other uh, opportunity. That's that's amazing, bro. And for, I just want to say for those who haven't seen Go definitely check out the Black Sea commercial. I think that's the <laughs> that's the dopest that was the dopest shit I seen this year. Like for real, you dunking in your own commercial. I'm like, yo, this is this is crazy. Like, hey, y'all watched it like 20 times when you put it out. I'm like, yo, this is cold, bro. Like for real. So that 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 was <laughs> that's super dope. For yeah, real. I, I, I appreciate it, and, and the reason why I released it when I did um, is more so for you know Black Sea shares, and and with Black Sea shares. That's the big thing for me. Um, you know, I was able to build a platform that will one day allow me to use it almost like a crowdfunding site mm. um, for these deals so that everything is uh, synergized in, in one place. Uh, right now, you know, I'm work, I'm in the works of trying to get uh, another, one other fund started and, you know, obviously complying with the SEC and stuff. But uh, the biggest mission for me with Black Seed is to do this way. Actually, your episode is going to be the first one that I actually talk about this on. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to start work working with Brandon to use Black Seed and, and the fund to revitalize some of the communities that are, you know, under an invest. Like, there's no there's no investment from the city to them. Like, you see the you see the stuff happening in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Average what 30,000 meaning all the politicians are getting 1.6 million and all that stuff guess what with using group group economics we could go to these communities buy up you know the house we bought in south south memphis it's technically i guess considered the hood or whatnot right so buy up a few houses over there fix them up and then either rent them out uh, to you know, people in the community, or or just sell them. But obviously, um, you know, just it, it, it serves for two purposes. Because what what I'm planning to do is actual social investing. Mm-hmm. So for one, as an investor, you'll be able to get a return just from whenever we go in and 
get these homes obviously for cheap. We fix them up, uh, rent them out, or flip them. And then on top of that, what's happening is you're making the community better because instead of just you know making one other money like just just a profit and that's it, there's that social factor of making the community better. Like there's people that you know that need places to live and maybe they just want to be renters, but they want right. to stay, you know, they want to stay where they grew up. We would be able to, but they don't have the means to fix up the properties that they live in. Like even here in third ward, like there's, there are places that I drive around. I'm like, there's actually people that live in this. Like, <laughs> I know y'all don't have, you know, electricity or whatnot in, in these homes. And so a lot of people that can't afford to, um, buy, I guess, you know, you know, like fix up the house that they're in. So what can happen is we can buy it, fix it up, you know, nice, and then have them live in it again. Mm. That way that they can now begin to feel proud about, you know, where you're staying. And that's, that uh, will start a chain reaction of, okay, this house is looking nice, this house is looking nice, all right. I have something new. Let me start taking care of my property. Let me start mowing my grass. Let me start, you know, picking up the trash right. around. And then so the whole mood of the community will start, you know, changing up. And then once once that starts happening, then you have these businesses coming in. And, you know, businesses aren't going to put franchises or, or service-based stuff in communities that they don't think, you know, it just doesn't make sense that, you know, they don't think – money will come out from, you know, from there. And so with that, once the communities start, you know, turning up, you know, as far as like having people, um, having people, you know, be proud of where they're from, people are, will start coming back to some of these communities and then they start being revitalized. So Memphis used to be a pretty big place. Right. And then it kind of went away and people started migrating to Nashville and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But Nashville's getting full. <laughs> so mm-hmm. people back. Back. And, and and Memphis is bordering the, the Mississippi River too. And don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's still uh, a nice, nice place to have have property at. So it's definitely a place that we're gonna start off trying, um, or not trying, but doing social investing where we're gonna invest in certain communities, fix up the place, whether it's single family homes, uh, multifamily apartments, and some of these commercial properties fix them up nice, make them affordable, and then that way we can continue to get our cut, but also allow the, the people of the community to stay in to stay the in, and, and that's powerful. Like, that's that's super dope and super, like, powerful, for real. And that's how you, because we always talk about, like, control, because we, we don't really, in our community, nobody really controls, you know what I mean, like, what goes on. And that's why I think, in my opinion, it'd be so, like, fucked up, because we don't, we don't control it. And once we control it, like the, like what you're talking about, you can implement what you want to implement. You can decide who lives there, who don't, all that. And some people might see, some people might see that as like uh, right, <laughs> you know what I mean. But it, it is what if you own it, you can decide. You know what I mean? What goes on around you? Govern you govern that, and that's that's exactly. so that's that's super powerful. I want to say shout out to uh, Brandon too. We had him on episode I think it was fourteen. 14 or 15, but, like, I told him one time, I'm like, man, you doing God's work for real, because a lot of stuff that he's doing, like, he don't have to do, and how he, like, give back with, like, information and stuff, he ain't got to do that, so for him to be doing that, it's like, that's amazing to me, so I always salute him for that. Yeah, and, and 
and, and shout out to him again just because like his one of his life missions is obviously to pretty much revitalize Memphis in general, just mm. putting in so much money to revitalize that city, and especially in the neighborhoods that he grew up in. So to be able to partner up with him to fulfill that vision, that's crazy. And, you know, that's a big like we like I said we connected on Twitter, been supporting each other, just buying each other products, and then we we finally linked up. Come to find out, you know, we both was born on the same day. I think he's born like a few hours earlier than me. Um, that's crazy as fuck. Like, yeah, it's just like talking to yourself for yeah. the most part. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. I want to uh, talk about like the criteria for Black Sea because I know people gonna hear this. They gonna want to get involved and want to know how can they get involved. So, what is the criteria for someone to get started and invest with Black Sea? Yeah. So, if you're wanting to get um, a part of the investment club, um, if you go to the BlackSeaGroup.com you're able to fill out, uh, you know, contact information. What will happen is someone from the team will uh, contact you to set up a call to see if there's something that you're truly interested in. Um, with the real estate side, um, the minimum that I will start doing is probably be $10,000 okay. and up. And the reason why I'm even doing it at that price is, because I've started doing this with the lower price range, whenever I, I did the one with the Memphis house, the minimum was $2,500. And some people, uh, I guess it just was too small. And so, you know, as far as the investment goes, it, it just didn't make sense for some people. And and others, it was just like, they'll, they'll, they'll put the money in and then pull out at the last second. Yeah. And so it was like, for me, it's like, if I'm going to go through this headache, I needed I needed to do it with money that <laughs> makes it worth that headache, mm-hmm. and so um, especially with ten thousand uh, as a as a minimum, I think what's going to happen is it will allow me. And, and if you have ten thousand to deploy, you kind of understand like, all right, this is not a quick thing. Like this is me right. investing. My, this is me, um, so you know, social investing where you're helping the community out. And you know who, who doesn't want to do that? Who doesn't want that on their conscience? As exactly. far as like building the karma, so with ten thousand, it's going to be a ten thousand dollar minimum. And then depending on how the the size of the fund is going to, it's probably going to be in the millions. Um, but that allows you what's going to ha- how I'm going to structure it is um, you will be able to buy shares in the holding company that owns the properties that uh, we end up buying. So uh, that allows you to see, you know, you you own a percentage of that, and um, with that, you'll be able to get uh, dividends and, and things of that nature. Mm, I like I like that a lot, and I know some people they might hear that and be like, "Man, ten thousand that's a lot," but to me, I like it because it 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 like squeezes out those people that's not serious. Because I feel like a lot of these funds they get in trouble because they just let anybody give them money. And most yep. people don't understand money. So if you let people that don't understand money give you money within two months, if they're not getting the hundred dollars back what they gave you, it's like they fouling and some shit. Is. You know what I'm saying? Sending emails. You like yo, what the fuck? Like so. I- <laughs> listen, listen, listen. This is that. that like I said, with me doing this investment club, that was just a trial period because there are so many people that this is. Or we're talking about a hundred dollars a month. And there's people that want to pull their money or don't, they just don't understand. Like, this shouldn't be a savings account. 
this is to invest. Right. If an emergency happens, you shouldn't like this shouldn't be the account that you're pulling the money out of. Like I understand, you know, certain situations happen, happen right. but you need to understand the mindset. This is to invest. This isn't something that's going to be quick. And that's why I try to tell people in the beginning, like when, when we had the call, this is a long term deal. Don't expect one year, two year, you're going to get your money back. Right. This is, you have to be patient. Under, you when, once, with, with the patience, you're going to understand how the money really operates. And, and with that, you have, like you have access to people like me who do invest and you know, you're able to actually learn more information. You're able to, add, you know, just talk to me about certain things. Like, there's people on my like that invest with me who are buying new homes now, and they shoot me questions all the time, and I'm able to help them with that. Mm-hmm. And now it's getting to a point. And I was just like, well, if I'm helping people because I help people for free all the time, right. and they don't do much information. You know, they don't do much with the information. Wait your time. So, yeah, so I was like, all right, well, let me start this consulting service. Like, at least I'm going to get paid for you not to do it. But hopefully, you do because you, you actually end up taking the advice and, and going through with us. Mm. Yeah, I, I, love, I agree 100%. People, I heard somebody say this a long time ago. They said people don't respect free shit. So uh-huh. you got to put your price on it. And you know what I'm saying? People, that makes people value it. So yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's real. And, uh, yeah. and it, it, it's, it's, it's funny because like uh, I hired Tirza as my accountability coach, and one of the things she had said was, uh, "I don't haggle on my prices." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I like it. like it, 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 so it was the price is the price. If you don't like it, all right, cool." Like it's the same thing with my Phoenix line. Like you know, joggers are sixty two dollars, leggings are fifty two dollars, mm. and a lot of people. Are like nah, this is too pricey. But you know, we'll turn around and go to Lululemon and spend right. hundred, you know, mm-hmm. the same type of stuff. But like I said, the price is the price. Um, you know, I try not to haggle too much about it and and let it ride because I know when I, I know the value. Um, you know, once you do touch the touch the quality of clothing, like yeah, you 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 kind of understand why I'm charging what I do charge. And then with that, just even with um, the real estate arm. Um, the price is the price. Like I can't, I can't be going back and forth with people, especially right. when it's not just my money or just your money. It's like a lot of people's money in a pot. Right. So I can't be messing around with okay, this person's trying to pull out, which will affect everybody. Facts, mm-hmm. um, right. and, and, and that's real, man. And I'm glad you brought up tears. Shout out to her. That's the homie. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the homie tears. And uh, I forgot what I, was, I forgot what I was about to say real quick. Oh yeah, you, you, I'm glad you brought up Phoenix because I was gonna ask you about that. So like, that's like super dope to me because like to have your own apparel company because like in our community a lot of times I don't want to say we complain, but when something goes bad with another apparel company, we kind of like, are oh, we gonna do this? Blah blah blah. Yo, I'm, I have my mindset is just put that energy into the company, the the apparel companies that we already got. You ain't got to worry about them. Just put all that energy where you, if you're going to march or do whatever, put that energy into supporting somebody like you that got his, got his own company. You ain't got to worry about them. Just don't fuck with them. If that's how you feel, and support somebody like you. So I want to ask you, like, what was the inspiration behind starting that, starting Phoenix? Because that's, like, super dope to me. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, kind of going back to me, like it, like, like it to own stuff. Like, I, I started off wanting to see, okay, I like creating things. Let me create my own brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the I like the name Phoenix. Um, I like.
like I like what it stands for as far as like being able to be rebirthed or regenerated, mm. rising from ashes, you know. Um, and so I was like, all right, with this with the word Phoenix, how can I make this kind of unique? And so that's where the whole little PHE with the with the mm. uh, happening on the top <laughs> NYX came about, where it's like even if you look at it, you're going to say Phoenix. Like right. there's no, yeah. no mistake with that. So I went about with that, and then I kind of revolved the mission statement um, using the tagline of "Rise Again," and and with that, I kind of tied it in to the to the mental health aspect, where you know a lot of people they go through things every single day. You're going through going through things, and always have the opportunity to rise again, start over, start afresh, and so with that. You know, with our our clothing and the quality of it, you know, you're you know that you're with a brand that keeps you in mind and like with the with the sturdiness of the clothing, you know that you're not getting something that's gonna be easily torn apart or you know, with the like it's a brand that kind of has your the customer, uh, which would be y'all like mm-hmm. in mind. And so, you know, to your point is like, oh, when people boycott it and don't support it's like for me, like I've been bootstrapping this the whole time. Right. Like if people, like people ask all the time, when am I coming with new clothes? This left. I was like, when people start buying more stuff, I'll be able to generate a lot, a lot more money. Because right now, it's just like I'm not about to continue to put more money into, um, you know, because I, I, I do have more designs. There's, there's do, you know, new stuff going to come out, but um, I like, like you still have to sell the, the inventory that you have now to kind of pay for for some of the other stuff. So, um, yeah, we do, reach, like I, said, I mentioned a few times on the timeline, we're, we're going to come out with um, some performance uh, shorts. Mm. And uh, there's one there's one other uh, item that I come out with, but I'm, I'm going to keep that under wraps for now. Okay. But like, uh, you know, with Phoenix Athletica, I just wanted it to be a brand that it promotes self-improvement. You know, it promotes self-confidence. And then we're just uh, advocates of mental health awareness because, mm. you know, it is a big thing. It's still a taboo for a lot of people to talk about, but it's definitely something that needs to be, you know, spoke. <laughs> you know, yeah. people really need to just talk about it. And, and with that, I think that uh, would allow the world to slowly get better because, you know, when you have in stuff like active shooters going around, that's because of mental health issues. Right. <laughs> like, that's them being behind a computer screen or always being at home or always being alone and not having, like, they have no one to really vet to. And, and with that, all that built up stress and anger, one day you're going to snap and, and stuff, and, you know, bad stuff happen. Mm. So, yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's real, man. And like you you said yourself, like, the, the quality is, is top of the line. And I got to say, I agree a thousand percent. Like I said, what I like, I tweeted when I had it on. Like this is the best workout gear that I, I ever had, and I wasn't just saying that to be, you know, what I'm saying just be broke <laughs> stuff. Like I'm dead serious. Like the quality is a one. So I like how I feel about it. You can raise the prices to whatever, <laughs> to whatever. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if the, you know, what I'm saying if the quality is there, you could. I feel like you could put your prices at any point, and I wouldn't complain about like you would come out. With a shoe right now, because we don't complain about anybody else's products. If somebody like if mm-hmm. Nike came out with something that was 150, people wouldn't be like, "Oh man, this is too high." They gonna be like, "Oh, the quality good." 
cool, I'm a bait for it. So I feel like we should treat the same with people that we know that come out with products. Because why are you trying to get a discount? You know what I'm saying? If you came out with a four hundred dollars shoe today, I probably if I don't buy it today, I'm probably going to eventually buy it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll yeah. spend that money anyway. So I ain't gonna don't be trying to put an equation in your head like, oh no, nah, I know this person. No, nah, he bro, so, bro mm-hmm. so support your people, man. That's how I look at it. At the end of the day, yeah. support your people. And, and like I said, like I, you know, I say it sometimes. Like obviously, not everybody. Like the product isn't for everybody. Right. But what you do is support. You know, freely by retweeting, reposting. Like you don't have to buy to support. Mm. Like there's gonna be someone on your with your following that can help. Have to have the the means to buy the support. Doesn't mean. You know, monetary thing, but it's not, especially in today's time with social media, you can do so much. You ain't got to have nothing to social support, you know what I'm saying? A comment or something. I only got, only, only got a, a couple more questions for you, but I want to ask, I want to ask you about uh, Twitter. Twitter, yeah. and so, you know, we, we, we in a generation right now, we know how powerful social media is, but Twitter, not only, we could talk about Instagram and all that too, but how important do you think these social networks is right now? Because I feel like, and like it's, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but it's like changing my life for real. Mm-hmm. So how how do you feel about this? Yeah, no, I think social media is one of the things that once you use it correctly mm-hmm. to try to obviously network and make money, um, it, it's it's very powerful. And and you know, starting off obviously it was like Facebook for me, right. then I transitioned to Instagram. But honestly, since November of last year, since I started networking with everybody, uh, it's been it's been crazy. Like Twitter is the platform, so even it. though they have <laughs> Twitter show right now. That this is the platform for sure. Uh, you know, and 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 it's crazy because with Twitter, I think why I like it so much is because you're able to express your knowledge in word format, and and with people in general, like with with reading. You know, you have to comprehend oh, certain types of things, and so it's a, it's a different type of user database where mm-hmm. you know it's pretty much just pictures. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you can do the same thing with the videos, um, and you can get obviously good traction with that. But with Twitter, it's just a different type of, of mm-hmm. audience that you can work <laughs> with. And it's crazy because, like, as far as like the stuff that I, my products and things like that. Twitter is where, you know, I get a lot of, like, my video has been seen over 25,000 times. Um, Instagram has only been seen, like, I want to say, like, 2,000 times. But with how Twitter operates, you're mm-hmm. able to share it so easily mm-hmm. that that it's able to go viral, able to blow up. Um, if, if you have a, a, a product, you're able to immediately have the link where someone can buy it versus Instagram. You have to go to the link of the bio unless they already have, you know, 10,000 plus followers where right. you can swipe up. Swipe up. But the, you know, Twitter makes it very easy to make money on their platform if you have the products and obviously have, um, you know, the, the right knowledge that you're that you're giving out the information to, to your following. Yeah, I agree with that. And I was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday. I was saying how uh, the reason I like Twitter so much is because it's kind of like a, a fraud detector. I feel like on, <laughs> on, on, on Instagram, you know, you could post. It's, it's visual. It's all visual. Plus. So you could post or do whatever. You could create a picture or anything where it don't necessarily mean that's real. 
But on Twitter, it's for specific people. Like you said, you got to have be able to comprehend, got to be able to articulate yourself. And if you are saying some BS, people going to call you out. That's the only app where I'm a, a, a somebody will call you out like that. If it's some BS, I'm like, yo, that ain't that ain't uh, true. This ain't mm-hmm. that. And they going to kick the facts to you. So you got to be able to know how to communicate. You know, all that stuff. So that's why I love that app for real. And you know what's crazy? Like, through Twitter and, like you said, being able to articulate, like, mm-hmm. you're able to see, see who's fraudulent yeah. or, you know. But with that, because you can be able to t- detect that, I've been able to connect with people exactly. who are exactly. and, and be able to make money with them, partner yeah. with them to do certain things. Like, uh, for example, uh, Josh, I know he was on you know, show, uh, yeah, Josh. That's, yeah, that's my guy. Like, yeah. With, yeah, with the land lease uh, deal that he's he's actually doing a, a, a webinar on, like I have access to him to where, and, and he obviously like it's crazy. Like we have a group chat going on, and sometimes he posts certain numbers in there that makes you be like, "What? Well, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, what, what, what's going on?" And so, but it's like I have direct access to that, mm. and that's through Twitter, and that's through like me being authentic, you know, transparent. You know all of that, and you, and you can you can feel it through the platform, I believe. And and with that, now I have all these. You know, I have a great network through there, and like I met people like y'all because of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's amazing, and that's I'm so glad you you spoke about access because I, I was just talking to my barber about this the other day. I was saying how, like everybody, if you have a good network, you should leverage that network to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like so so many so many people, when we get to a point like we start doing good, we forget. The mentality of where like what we started from, where like this is it's normal to us now, but to the average person, it's not normal to someone have money to be able to do what they want to do whenever they want to do. So just to hear conversations that and have access to people that can do that, I feel like you should you should definitely leverage that. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I was like I worried it. I was like like me five years ago, I would pay to have access to a person like me today. And, like, when I said that, he just started laughing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm saying this in an arrogant or cocky way or anything, just seriously. Like, for, for me to be doing what I'm doing today, like, five years ago, that was like, I couldn't, I couldn't really, I, I, I didn't know how, I couldn't really see that. So, I, I would have paid X amount of dollars to just talk to somebody like me. So, I feel like the same with you. You got your network. Mm-hmm. We got a network. You know what I'm saying? We, we at the point where I think we should be, like, leveraging these things to scale it to the masses because more people... Especially in America, they would die to just be a fly on the wall to our conversations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy uh, to that point um, with with access, right? All right, so, um, damn, why I keep losing my... <laughs> uh, pretty much uh, one of the things that, you know, I like to say is for me... Kind of like growing up with with the whole house, with my first house, right? I didn't tell my parents that I was buying the house because they would have told me not to do not it. Not to do it. So I didn't have people growing up that could show me what, like, even though my parents were good with money, they didn't, they weren't like investors. And so I didn't really have a network of people that I could, you know, rely on and speak and, you know, have casual conversations, pick, pick their brain and, and all that stuff. But through social media, I have access yeah. to all that. And another thing I, I want to bring up, I wanted to bring up is, you know, especially, you know, 
five years ago, I would you wouldn't see me dead paying for a cons- like paying a consultation to try to learn something for somebody like I could learn myself. Like you'd be surprised how many people with money will, or will pay for a coach to do something like Thanks. pay for for certain mm-hmm. information. Like yeah. instead of you trying to you know do the hard work of figuring out every single piece of information, why don't you pay someone to expedite that process so you can get where you need to go and go where you need to to get at. So that's one of the things I I've learned over the past couple of years. Like don't like. The money is it's hard to spend the money sometimes, but it's worth it if, if you're doing it for for the right reasons. Mm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. real, man. You have you, you have more questions? Yeah, I, I think uh, I asked everything. I got one uh, more. So um, <laughs> we always ask everybody on the show: uh, Do you yeah. feel like you have an obligation to give back to our community? To the to, to <laughs> hello what? Ain't that the question? <laughs> that is the question. Yeah, yeah, my like man. You have obligation. Yeah, yeah. Do you have? Don't play me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's like, don't play me. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, that, yeah. That's the question. Do you, like, yeah. do you feel like you have an obligation to give back to your community? Yeah, uh, I don't know if y'all saw my tweet the other day. I said, if you can, you must. Oh, I ain't see it. Yeah, I ain't see it. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually saw a video the other day, and one of the words that they said was like, "All right, this is a millionaire that you know had the means, while people that was working in a building obviously didn't have the means. Their cars flooded or whatnot, and he's sitting here giving them his check for a month or whatever, Man. so they could get back on their feet. And it's like, I'll be fine." But these people, it's going to take them a while. Right. So it's like, you can, you must. And for me, one of my goals is to actually build a few schools, a couple here and back in Nigeria in uh, my father's village. And and for me to do that, like, you know, like I said, the biggest thing for me is educating the the people under, the, under us so that they can start understanding how, you know, money operates and, and things of that nature. Because the biggest thing for me is for children to understand that there shouldn't be a limit to what they're learning, what limit to what they could be, limit to what they could invent. Because the problem is, you know, growing up, you have all these people that put these limitations on you and and say, so, so if you if you say, if a kid says something that you might think is impossible, why are you telling them that, that it's impossible? Maybe they're the, they're the child that's that supposed does. to make that impossible possible. Mm. Really- and so if you're telling if you're telling that child to uh to be more realistic or whatever, all you're doing is crushing the dream and, and you know, hurting society. <laughs> That's why I say you're 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 being a negative impact to society by doing that. And one of the ways that children will be able to do that, and one of the things that I'm trying to do for my my children in particular, is to give them every advantage that they have. A lot of people, they take jobs because they need money to pay for things. Imagine if you're able to do whatever you wanted to do without having to worry about money. That's why people like, you know, Will Smith's son, like, he does all these things. And, and people are like, oh, man, that's amazing. This guy is free. He can do whatever. There's no monetary issue. If he wants to go learn how to be a polo player, he can do that. Do there's no, there's no, oh, can't do it. We don't have the, the means to do so. So when you're free in that aspect, that that unlocks, uh, that puts you on a, uh, at a different level to, to do things. And with that, like I said, the things that you think are impossible, they become possible because there's no limitation there. There's no restriction that was put on you. Mm. And so with that, I, I, I definitely want to build schools um, here in the United States and back in Nigeria as well. Wow, that's 
Like, man, that, like what you said, that's super deep because especially in our community, because we like, you know, in our community, we always have conversations with each other saying like, you know, it's a system in place to hold us back. We can't do this. We can't do that. And I was having a conversation with somebody recently and I was telling them, like, it's better to think, have the mindset as I could do whatever. Ain't nothing. Go, I ain't nothing I can't do then to think like. Oh, somebody in charge of holding me back. You won't get much far, further thinking like, ain't no limit. I could do whatever. So I feel like it's 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 a crutch that a lot of us have when we think like there are things in place. Don't get there are things some things in place where you know what I'm saying that it's gonna make it harder for you. But at the end of the day, if you if you get together with like minded people, y'all got one goal in mind, same mentality. You uh you know, a positive thinker, all that you could do. Like I really mean, you could. I really believe you could do whatever it is that you think you could do. Like you have that limit, you know, limitless, like unlimited thinking. Like I could do whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree with that hundred percent. Cause yeah. I I agree with that because like you just said, being able to like there there are stuff in place mm-hmm. to try to make us not yeah. get to where we go, but it goes back to mindset. You could be able to break past that, yes. right? Like you said earlier, with with how I want to do the Black Seed uh, venture, where we are investing in Memphis. If we're if we're able to take over this uh, community or neighborhood or community, guess what? Now we have it. We will be able to control things there. You're able to control what's what's coming in, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're you'll be able to have politicians, the people that you want to go into the to office. Like there's it's it's gonna be slow. It's gonna right. be slower than, you know, maybe the counterparts, but that doesn't mean don't do it. That doesn't mean stop. Like so many people, you know, Nipsey died and it's like, oh man, they did it again. They don't want to see you. What that's <laughs> that's a, that's just a it's a, it's, it's a hiccup. That shouldn't stop you from investing. That shouldn't stop you from continuing to do what you need to do to provide for your family, to provide for your community. Like, just because someone that was a leader has passed away, it's, it's, it's next man up. Next man up. It's like, it's like blaming the president for whatever's going on in your, in your life. He has no, he has no, he has nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what he's doing has nothing to do with you in, for, the, for the most part. Facts. Especially the people that complain the most about facts. Facts. That's facts, and that's because I, I like you. You know how I think. I have like extreme accountability. I look at it like I would never point the finger. I don't care. If, I don't care who the president is. Like, and I say this all the time. And I and I want people to get confused to think I'm pro Trump. I don't care. Like, I really don't. Like, I'm not. I don't care. It's like at the end of the day, I'm in control of my life. You in control of your life. One man, I don't care what what he represents, what uh, what's his status, you know, president, not president. I don't care. He can't. You can still do whatever it is you put your mind to, bro. Like he not mm-hmm. stopping you from, you know, what I'm saying, starting a business, put money in your pocket, provide for your family. He not he not stopping you from doing it. The only person, if you're not doing it, is on you. you don't point the <laughs> don't point the finger at the president. I don't care if it was Obama, Trump. Don't point the finger at nobody. It's on you, bro. And it's I see. <laughs> Even and, and even to take it a step further, forget the president, your own family. Sometimes facts. Mm-hmm. It's still up to you to be like 
in my immediate, like I said, like I went ahead and bought that house because I didn't tell anybody until after it was done because I knew if I did tell them, it would have been negativity to that I did not want to hear mm-hmm. to try to tell them not to buy a house, not to go forward with our progress. But guess what? I bought the house. I have it. Now they can't say, oh, why did you do that? It's, it's oh, yeah, it's like, oh, you can actually do this. Like, okay, I, I can't put this restriction on you. So mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to protect yourself. If you believe that you can do it, just do it. Don't don't try to get opinions from other people because sometimes you're like a, just a whole bunch of Instagram quotes. Your vision is you know, so I had other people proofread your vision. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was for you. It was for you mm-hmm. to, to, to make it happen. Like, <laughs> I find it funny. Like, I, I like to do this crowdfunding stuff. Um, and, and it's crazy because, like, Josh, for example, he clowns the crowdfunding stuff. He does. Because he's at a different level. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like, that's it's for me. Mm-hmm. It's for, like, it's for me. So I'll continue to do so. Mm-hmm. And they'll still continue to make you know make me money. Just and it's uh, it's just an opinion. I don't have to let it affect me to say, oh, I can't crowdfund no more just because someone that I right. look up says it's, it's it's not really the way right. or it's not it's not really it's just too much stress. Like everything, there's always issues with everything. But some people, that's why I tell people all the time, like you shouldn't judge. Like say if. Someone wanted to do something like, I don't know, be a basketball player. You don't know their skills kind of like looking at them directly. Or like, okay, let me let me do it to this. Say I, I related back to, say if you're trying to talk to a chick, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't know what kind of mouthpiece he, he got. Right. So you might look at him and think he's ugly, but he pulling the baddest girl in the room. <laughs> like you can't judge him because you don't know what he, he, he got. Right. So it's like, you might look at it and it's like, man, what the hell's going on? What she's seeing him? This and that. But, hey, he, really? he's able to close it. So don't put your limited beliefs on or really. project on, on other people. That's powerful, man. Because mm-hmm. like I always say at the end of the day, when I have children, I ain't teaching them about no, no, nothing that's like a mentality of is somebody stopping you from this, that. It's, I ain't teaching them about none of that shit. I'm having that in their mind that, you could do whatever. Ain't the only person that can stop you is you. If you don't get it done, it's on you. Ain't none of that. Like it's it's the government fault. None of that. It's on you. You gonna do it or not? <laughs> so that's that's how I want them to think. Like just that that limitless thinking. They can do whatever they want to do. And I feel like once you have that mentality, it, you could go so much further with that mentality alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, and then one of the things that I saw the other day, I actually posted it on Instagram. It's like uh, the, the co-founder or the founder of uh, Spanx. Like when she grew up back to the father's thing at the dinner table, the, the, the dad was asking her and her siblings, what did you fail at today? Mm. And so it was like, instead of, you know, the issue, like, she might say from time to time, oh, I didn't really fail at anything or whatever the case was. But what the dad was trying to implement in their mind is you need to try it. The failing part, you don't have to worry about that. If you fail, you fail. That's whatever. Right. But the, the fact that you tried it, that allows you to, one, gain experience. And two, when you actually do succeed, look look, look what's happening. So don't be, don't limit yourself into to saying that, oh, you know, don't take yourself out of the game before you even Facts. start. Facts. You know what I mean? And that's so... What did you feel like? Well, that's probably one thing I will probably implement whenever I have kids. What did you feel out like today? I need right. to know. <laughs> like, what, what did you do that right. you, you 
that because you're learning. Everything's an experience. You don't really fail until you quit. Mm. You stop when it fell. That's deep right there, man. We yeah. could go we could go on all day with that talk. You know, I love this talk, man. That's <laughs> that's real. So many people they put those crutches on their mind and they don't under, they don't understand how that's just messing up your life long term because you're not trying new things. You because you put a limit on where you could go and you're gonna you really gonna hit that limit. You're not gonna, you know what I'm saying, expand and do things. You gotta think like constantly be evolving your mind to think like, oh, I could do this, I could do I could do whatever. At least I'm gonna try at the least, I'm gonna try. <laughs> yeah, and, and with that being said, man, I just want to say no. Before we let you go, man, uh, plug in all your stuff so where people can find you. If they want to bet, invest with Black Seed, they want to get some uh, gear, they want to get your book, they want to get a concert, all that stuff. All right, cool. So uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Money Madu. And then as far as if you wanted some clothing gear, you know, clothing apparel. You can go to phoenixathletica.com. That's P-H-E-N-Y-X, athletica.com. And uh, same thing on IG. Um, We're on IG and Twitter uh, on there. So you can, you know, buy the gear from there. And then make sure you post uh, or tag us in it so we can go ahead and post y'all on our social media as well. And then as far as Black Sea uh, goes, you can go to the main website, which is theblackseagroup.com. Um, and there you're, you'll be able to see if, if you're wanting to join the investment club, all the information that you need is there. Um, you can read the bylaws there. Um, and if you're interested, make sure you tell us how much you're wanting, which tier you wanted to start off at. Right now it's, um, pretty much 50 and 100 are the main ones that people join in at. Tell us which one you want to uh, join and we'll book up a time to, or a little bit more in depth uh, about what we going on with the club and uh, see if it's the right fit for you. Uh, as far as the real estate side, uh, you can look at, and it's on the same website, uh, but it's blacksheeshares.com. Like I said, uh, right now you can just sign up and then once we continue to grow a little bit and I get this fund situated correctly, um, you know, I'll be able to start spreading the message more and then have the people that already signed up be be involved and, you know, kind of be the first people to to, to start social investing. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing would be my consulting. So if you're still on the blackseedgroup.com, there's a consulting tab. So if you're new to investing, whether that's investing in the stock market or, you know, investing in real estate, um, just investing in general, like I could definitely help with giving um, what I've done and my experience. And then, you know, we could, we could set some, so book our consultation with me. Everything's recorded. It's usually a Zoom session. And then I do a follow up with that, follow up with packages. If, if it's something that we need to do, that's re- recurring uh, as well. And then uh, also, you know, I have a little bit of experience of building brands from, from the ground up until like the marketing area. So if you're trying to get into e-commerce, like I, I do know a bit about that as well. So that's, that's a couple of things that if you're interested in learning more about, I would definitely suggest booking a consultation because if you DM me, I'm probably going to refer you to the consultation. If I do even right. reply <laughs> at this point, I'm done giving like, it's crazy how you can literally tell somebody something, they go under the blink and be like, oh, could you explain this more? Like, no, I'm not no. explaining. 
anything more. If I didn't do a thread on it, that's all you get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's real, man. And th- don't forget the uh, book, too. Oh, book. Yeah, book. Let's see. I be having so much things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so, 10 Reasons Why You're Living Senseless. You can buy that on Amazon if you want the hard copy. There is an ebook available. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll be able to find the link for the ebook. It's, it's in my uh, pinned tweet. Uh, as well, and and actually, it's on the website too. Actually, mm-hmm. so uh, everything's on a blastygroup.com. Just go through the tabs if, if you're trying to find something. And yeah, looking forward to connecting with y'all. Yeah. And you know, pe- people that there's you know lawyers that have done you know real estate attorneys that you know have a little bit of experience of putting together funds. Reach out to me. Uh, maybe we can make something happen because you know I, I believe that black tea is going to be really big. I've had people already reaching out to me to kind of help as far as like content creation and things of that nature to kind of push this. So um, definitely, you were, I, I honestly believe I'm in the early stages of what might be kind of similar to like a revolution, at least mm-hmm. in my aspect for for legacy purposes. I'm very big on le- legacy, and and I want to be you know. Some I want it to be where I'm living after I die. Like right. my impact is still felt even after I pass away. Uh, and I think Black Sea will, will will be one of the things that allow me to do that. I think so as well, bro. I think this I think this is gonna be big. I could definitely see it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just want to say we like you already know we've been waiting on this episode. So I definitely appreciate you taking your time out your day to come on sure. and chop it up with us. And you already know you got our support. Or whatever. Yeah. So you already know you got my info. You gave me up. Whenever you got our support with anything, but we already know it. And Not for sure. yeah, definitely. So we appreciate you, man. Definitely, Thank we gonna you. we gonna we gonna chop it up again soon, bro. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm gonna try to get a. I'm gonna try to get a flight out to California by the end of this year for sure. So. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll talk. And yeah. Then, yeah, you know, we've been talking about that thing in LA too. Yeah, so oh I yeah, I was, yeah. Going, I was about to bring it up. I'm like, I'm gonna hit you offline, man. We go, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you come out, bro. Let me know when you come out here. We could definitely, we gonna definitely right. link. But for bro, appreciate you, bro. Yeah, no problem. Yep. All right. All right, guys. Well, that was another episode of the Men That Mindsets podcast with Money Madu. And like he said, he gave out this information for y'all who want to uh, get in touch with him. And before we wrap up. We want to give out our information. I'm getting tons. Of I always get tons of at the end. But for those who don't know my information, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Xavier C. Miller. And D, she's going to give her info out as well. And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent. And Twitter is Deanna S. Kent. And if you want to book a consultation with us to discuss how to get started in real estate investing, you can do so by doing going to www.parkhillconsultantservices.com. And... That is pretty much it. That's all we have for y'all. See y'all next episode. Thank y'all for li- for listening. Peace. On the way to the big check. You ain't know I'm up next when I'm on the way. You ain't take a risk because you're too afraid. I'ma just eat till I'm overweight. On the way.